Dean Dark is an absurd, over-the-top comedy horror adventure that is intended for older audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode descriptions. Hello and welcome to Dean Dark, a comedy horror adventure real-play podcast loosely based on Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition and starring some of history's most infamous monsters. I'm Danger Dan Jers, and I am your host slash Crypt Keeper. Hi, I'm Ben Magnet. I play Mary Frankenstein, the barbarian of our group. And last time, after a grueling fight where myself and Imhotep thankfully got out alive with a certain witch, we met up with the rest of our friends, and we have no idea what they did. That's actually true. When I saw Grayson this past week, I specifically told him to not spoil me what happened in the dream realm, because we don't know that bit yet. Hi, I'm Grayson. I play Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man, the party's rogue mastermind. So last session, actually, I took a page out of Emotep's book and I did the whole protect my lady and stood in front of the attacks for Maleva so she can get us out of the swamp. And then I stabbed a guy in the head and it was fantastic. <laughs> Hello, my name is Daniel Cruz and I play Imhotep, the mummy, our cleric. And last session, we ran through a swamp and I learned how important my um, turn on dead feature was and nothing else happened. And that that was that was it. Hello, I am Aaron. I'm the Phantom of the Opera, our bard. So Phantom had a bit of a hard time last session. Uh, this is going to sound weird considering my proclivity for nat ones and also my spells not working. But Phantom doesn't really do like failure in a broad sense. So the fact that Larry came out of this still wolfied up was a bummer, was rough. Eric and Maleva do not get along. That's just not going to go well. Not friends. That's fine. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jordan. I play Larry Talbot, a lycanthropic warlock. And last time, Larry finally woke up from being a werewolf and woke up to all of his friends and Maleva. He had a little bit of a mental breakdown and had a moment. Uh, after that, we had to escape being chased down by, I believe it was Sycorax. Uh, Carrionite. Sycorax is dead. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, nobody brought up to poor Larry, probably for the best, the fact that he ate a person. Uh, but it's fine. We don't worry about that. And with that, let's move on to Imhotep's quest. You decided a while back that your next stop is going to be at the museum to intercept the cult from getting the Scroll of Osiris. But before you go there, I want to give you guys a chance to buy anything that you want or need, whether that's in Stratford or somewhere in London nearby the museum, entirely up to you. Where do you guys want to go? Do you guys want to go to a main hub where they might have the best items or do you guys want to go to some place that we're comfortable with? Does anybody want to talk to any of the NPCs from Stratford? I guess is the only dividing factor. No, I'm sick of this shit. Yeah. I have a way to get a hold of Marlo on my own. I was going to say, if Carmel's still there, I would really like to get that spear back. Have her mail it. <laughs> That's true. Oh, oh, I touched my hair. <laughs> um, Has my friend returned? He has not. Your hair is still empty and bat free. Oh. And as you start to get into the carriage... You hear, with your special dog hearing, <laughs> a very light flapping of wings. And as you look over your shoulder from out of the swamp, a very flustered and very tired-looking Caprison... Oh, Caprison, come here! ...flies towards you hesitantly, looks around, 
gives a little bit of a sniff. I promise I'm all better. Caprison gives a big sigh of relief, sweeps up into the sky, circles around, and dive bombs straight at your hair. <laughs> Ow! All right. Well, if we need any communication to and from Stratford, we've got our friend, at least. We could give him a little bit of a rest and then maybe send him on his way to let Carmilla know that we need that spear. And as you say that, he pokes his head out of Larry's hair a little bit, sticks up one wing and kind of wraps the fingers as best he can to give a little thumbs up. <laughs> Says a really tired, squeak. <laughs> good, good. I find it very unfair that it can understand us, but we cannot understand it. He's a smart little bat. Eh, squeak, squeak. <laughs> Editor Dan here. Off mic, the players did decide to go directly to London. The carriage is on the road to London, and you are making your way towards the British Royal Museum, where the Scroll of Osiris is going to be installed. With the Egyptology exhibit that they've got going for the Pharaoh Akhenaten. Cool. Phantom's going to sidle up right next to Emotep, just uncomfortably close, <laughs> and say... Why don't we hang out more? Imhotep's like, the bandages are going to kind of start pushing for some personal space. <laughs> Come on, you're a cool, you magical... the nice answer or the true answer? Well, let's start with nice. <laughs> the, the phrase that is used is, our energies do not <clears throat> vibe together, I believe is the right phrase. Vibe, vibe, yeah, that's unfortunate, that's unfortunate. So tell me the deal. There are scrolls, and I've noticed that you underwent quite the transformation the last time you got one, and we're heading towards another. What's your endgame? My endgame is to acquire all the scrolls that were taken from my tomb when I was disinterred. Upon doing so, I believe I will be able to return to my rest. So we're trying to get you your proper reburial, I guess. Precisely. I was... Disgraced once in life. I refuse to do so again in death. What, um, if you don't mind me asking, what what exactly happened? Can I just say that Imhotep has, like, a flyer for <laughs> the um, exhibit? Uh, sure. I will say, well, you... Mm. Would Marlo have passed that across the table in hindsight? Depending on what you want to do with it, I can just kind of hand wave that away and say, sure, Marlo gave you a flyer for the Egyptology exhibit, where the centerpiece of it is the sarcophagus and body of the pharaoh Akhenaten. I, I want to say the funny thing, just as a Daniel thing, I don't think we have Akhenaten's body. We have his son's body. We are in a weird parallel universe. His son is Tutankhamun. Tutankhamun? Oh. I was like, who the hell is Akin, Akin whatever? Akin Aten. So Imhotep is going to look at the flyer and, you know, see his king on it. And he's going to immediately rip it in half into quarters, into eights, and just throw it away. You want to give us a history lesson on what happened 4,000 years ago? Yeah, why is this king a bitch? <laughs> Pop quiz. Which god? Do I serve? I raise my hand. Ooh, I'm ooh. going to guess Osiris. Yes, that one. A very good guess. Yes. I was the high priest of the god Osiris at my temple in brain farting. I want to say it was Abydos. I believe it was Abydos. This is, this is Daniel. This is Daniel it's brain farting. A, it's been a long time. 
<laughs> and when the king, the heretic, took power, he insisted that the old ways needed to be done away with and brought about a new cult, that of worshipping the sun, Aten. Aken Aten. And he required a priest to run his cult. And of course, he decided to go for the most distinguished in all of his priesthoods. Who was that? <laughs> this silence is intentional, by the way. <laughs> no one can really see, but of course, Jack's just kind of like, yep, at least it hasn't changed. It was me. Oh, I was I was called to the city of Memphis and told that I was to run this new cult of the sun. And so I did. Ooh. Sorry, my Tamagotchi was talking to me. Um, <laughs> Tamagotchi. Don't worry about it. You reach into your bag and you flip the off switch on the tiger poster. <laughs> okay, yes, but like my actual... <laughs> I was called to Memphis and ran his son cold by day. By night, I continued to follow my old ways. Those who were still faithful, which was mostly everybody still followed me until one night I was found out and the king had me interred blaspheming against Osiris and the other gods taking these scrolls that I had used to weave my magics and throwing them into my coffin with me and burying me prematurely while it was excruciating and not very fun it did become peaceful I had found a moment with how long it felt to be at peace. And then the next thing I know, I'm seeing two very pale faces with very large mustaches and interesting helmets, removing the lid from my sarcophagus. And I will do my best to to do an impression of them. <clears throat> Cool, blimey! You see what we found in here? <laughs> it hurt my ears to hear it, so I ripped their throats out. But by the time these two imbeciles were left bleeding on the floor, they had already taken my scrolls, and what I was awakened for became very clear to me. So, what exactly did you do? Too, that was so blasphemous, you know? You said you were doing stuff in, in the night, but what was such a big deal? I was simply following the ways of my god in the eyes of a king who believed me a heretic. But you said you weren't alone in all of this, that many other people were doing the same? I had my wife beside me. Uh, you were married? Oh, you had a wife? Whoa. You've seen what I look like. You Can you not tell me that I was not a kind of rubs the like rotting piece of his scalp? <laughs> can you not tell me that I was not a handsome man? You did have lovely hair. No, I did not. You have a fantastic bone structure. <laughs> I could say that much. I miss dodging eye contact at all. Just not even looking a little bit. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I, 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 I got nothing. <laughs> And she was loyal to me 
and to the gods, but was sadly taken from me too soon by them. Well, whatever we can do to dunk on Atanakin and uh, Akhenaten the other way around and get you your scrolls back, we'll do it. Why not? I mean, we did help Larry, so why can't we help you? We tried! <laughs> it's not all lost yet. We've still got uh, the pendant. And also we got some more information. True. We just we figure out how this pendant works and then I'm all set. But one thing that's um, plaguing my mind, uh, what were you using the scrolls for? Like uh, you said they were they were part of it. I'm just... I'm so curious. These scrolls contain magical power for spells. And I was using them to use my magic to weave the powers of the gods. Though, somehow, I believe they have become more powerful with time. Kind of looks at his hand. Much more powerful than I had anticipated. Like a cucumber to pickle sort of situation. <laughs> <laughs> Because we all know that pickles are far more powerful than <laughs> they are. They really are. Jack just shivers. <laughs> if that is the metaphor that you require to understand, then very well. Yes, it is a uh, cucumber to pickle situation. So what were you cucumbering to pickling with these scrolls? What were you pickling precisely? Oh, please do not ask me I was pickling. <laughs> I do not like these sentences. <laughs> Just trying to roll with the whole metaphor. You they know? were... <laughs> we should find a different metaphor, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do, not, do not like this metaphor. How about a bird becoming a phoenix? Let us go oh. with that. All right, all right. The, the bird of resurrection. Isn't a phoenix a phoenix the whole time? I... I'm you going know? to ignore you now and continue talking. I was using these scrolls to bring my wife, Ankh Sunamun. She was loyal to me and to the gods. It was a moment of weakness. I should have accepted the will of the gods, but I could not. She was too young to be taken from me. Shoot, I can't exactly blame you. <laughs> I used the scrolls unwisely and blasphemed myself against the gods and tried to bring her soul back to me. And this is when the king found me. Saw only that I was behind his back using the powers of the gods, not comprehending what I was doing. And demanded with a sneer that I be entombed to my gods before my own time. Wrapped, bound, and stuffed into a box. They said the rights of Osiris over me as they sneered and joked and made a mockery of it all, casting the scrolls into what would be my tomb. So you need to require your scrolls so you can return to peace? As much as I appreciate the company of this auspicious, and he looks at the phantom, <laughs> mostly auspicious <laughs> group. He kind of looks at himself, I do not belong here. I lived my life to at a point where magic was not as powerful and 
science was not nearly as magical as it is. I do not belong here, and I wish to return to the Duat and find my Anksunamun. So when you get your scrolls back, you leave us. Uh, I look down at the pendant, the lotus pendant, and I'm like, you know, Imhotep, I think we have a lot more in common than I I previously thought. Yeah, I feel like our energies aren't that different. Like, I don't know what you were saying before. (laughs) You know, our vibes do match up quite a bit. (laughs) Whatever you need us to do, Imhotep, um, we will be there for you till the very end. And I do greatly appreciate that. Can you guarantee us a trip into, like, the good afterlife? (laughs) If I have all of my scrolls. No, because if you have all your scrolls and you die, that's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) So, Imhotep, the second you get your scrolls, is that it? Or is there some sort of rite you have to perform to go be at peace or whatever? Well, when I acquired this scroll of sets from the Liberator, (laughs) I was given a task to play one of my own. It was easy enough. The Liberator was there. He was crawling on the floor, begging to be killed. I believe that with each scroll I find, a new task will be given to me. And once I'm able to complete these tasks, I will find my peace. But what if your gods just constantly give you tasks and you'll never be at peace? Then so be it. I work for the will of Osiris. Have you actually met Osiris? Ooh. I mean, not to sound, I guess, too non-religious, but I don't think anyone's ever met a god. You've all met me. <laughs> oh, I don't want to say the thing that I have in my mind. Oh. Say the thing. Spice it up. So you ask, have you got to meet your god? Imhotep leans to Frankenstein, almost disgusted that you would imply that to him. Not all of us are fortunate enough to slay those who created us. Oh. I actually never killed my creator. The only reason why I ask, my friend, I did not mean any offense by it. But in my very short lifetime, people have done things in the name of their god, claiming it was for the greater will. And one of the most beautiful lives that I've ever encountered was taken just for the sheer act of showing me kindness. I truly meant no offense by it. For me, there's no such thing as gods. But after all the things I've seen, now with you, with all of you, believing, starting to, but accepting, I'm not so sure yet. I have done things for my God that you would not be proud of me for. I will not lie about this. Oh, I've done horrible things myself, my friend. You do not have to apologize for that. But these scrolls in my hands will lead to, I hope, a meaningful rest. In the hands of those who do not understand them, they could lead to much greater evils. And with that, I will help you get your scrolls and find your rest, my friend. But I do have just one more question for you, if you would humor me. Very well. 
There wouldn't happen to be an Egyptian god of thunder, would there? <laughs> wouldn't that be Thor? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's Norse. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Inspiration, Grayson. I don't know my Egyptian mythology that well, so I'm thinking, I is there an Egyptian god of thunder? I don't know, because Frankenstein is very atheist to the Christian religion, but others, maybe not so much, because, you know, he's walking with one who has a direct line to the freaking duat. Yeah, and I'm like, shoot, we've said the wolf is a god-esque thing. So yeah, I'm sitting here like we sweating. Did. We did. <laughs> the god of discord, of the storm, the desert. He pulls out the scroll that he has. Uh-oh. The devious brother of Osiris. Ooh. You speak of the god Set. Oh, that's, oh, that's the bad guy. Never mind. I'm just going to stay quiet now. <laughs> we don't like Set, right? Uh, right. I think we don't like Set. I do not like set. There are well, if you don't like set, then I don't like set. <laughs> Very well, we can we can we will be happy to leave it at that. So we're gonna need like a diagram on gods we do and do not like. Not that we believe in them, but just names that are bad and we don't talk set. about them. Set is bad. Macbeth. We're here okay. to support our friend. Number one on the list. Number one. Yeah, set it's bad. A, it's like when your friend tells us that Becky's just. A bitch, and we're just like, all right, oh, cool. Yeah, Becky's a bitch. Yeah, Becky. I hate Becky. Oh my yeah, god, Becky's so annoying. That yeah, bitch. That, <laughs> set bitchy, Becky. Oh my bitchy god, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> so we can jump from there to you guys going shopping. 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 I don't know what I want to buy. I don't think I need anything. Let's go to the mall. So as you guys are making your way into the city proper, as the carriage crosses over into London and is making its way through some of the busier streets, you all are kind of secluded within the carriage in order to avoid prying eyes. You manage to kind of make your way towards the general direction of the Royal Museum, but sticking to the shadows a little bit, you're able to see a couple of street corner markets. And as you're making your way towards less densely populated pockets, towards areas that are a bit more run down that the people are kind of straying from a little bit further and further you're able to follow the direction of the alleyways and the streets and kind of make your way towards more of a less legitimate kind of setup and enter into a black market ah home sweet home (laughs) and as the carriage pulls up I will leave it up to you guys how you choose to present yourselves as you make your way through the black market. Pool your resources together to purchase whatever wares you may need. Well, I stupidly walk outside and start swinging my arms, perusing. I'm going to roll just a straight d20 to see how quickly you get mugged. <laughs> oh my god, no! I was just going to say, not even here. <laughs> wow, I have so much money to spend at this shop. It's amazing. They have so many gold pieces. It's great! Wowee! Oh my god. I was gonna say that I was gonna grab Larry by the belt (laughs) and just like drag him back in and just be like, you need to be on your guard in this area. (laughs) Do not walk out willy-nilly. Stay in the I love thrifting. This is my favorite thing to do. That's why I have no money. You know what? Somehow that sounds right for Larry being the thrifting. (laughs) 
So I rolled an 11, so I'm going to roll a d4, and, and that many coins just spill out oh, of your God, pocket. Okay. There's no chance I could roll a dex to like drag him back and basically just stop him from losing anything? Uh, he only drops two coins. Okay, yeah, as you like pull me back into the carriage, two coins just kind of leap out of my hand. I now have 39 coins. <laughs> so, Dan, is this an area that I recognize or no? Um, sh- sure. Okay. So, Larry, um... Uh, yes? Can we not be so light and uh, nonchalant about this area? I mean... It's probably the most recognizable area for me, and I'm glad that we're finally in an area that I know. But you're going to lose your money if you just carelessly walk down the street. Ah, okay. Uh, what would you recommend? I have a plan. Oh, yes? Yes. I can give you a cool fake scar right <gasps> over yes! your eye that makes you super scary. Oh, I would love that. I think that would work, and I'll I'll walk kind of my arms out and kind of ooh, thuggishly, you know, looking like a real tough number. You know what? I'm scared already. <laughs> yeah, all right. Roll performance with advantage. <laughs> Hell yeah. That is an 18. With an 18? Ooh, you know what I do? What do you do? I manifest that anti-Larry energy. Yeah. Just real sinister and soulless and just bad. A couple of people in big overcoats sneaking up to pickpocket you just feel that vibe. Mm-hmm. I like flick an eye back at them and glare. And they just back off, hands up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've put my bolo tie in my pocket and have like unbuttoned the top button. I'm cool, Larry, now. <laughs> Showing a little bit of chest hair to, like, puff out your chest. (laughs) A little bit of a scar. Can I give Larry some intimidation tips? Oh, yes, please. First of all, don't go looking for a fight. If someone comes up to you, stand your ground. Even if you are absolutely terrified, whatever you do, do not show it in your face. That's really quite interesting that you say don't go looking for a fight when you're the first person to run into the fight. Hey, 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 that's kind of his job, though, you know? If he doesn't, then we get got first. (laughs) I'd rather none of us get got. But you know what? I will take that advice to heart. I mean, I'm not going around looking for a fight now, but what I would like is maybe something to... After the witches, the swamp, the getting eaten by that false hydra, my clothes are a little uh, worse for wear, shall we say. I mean, I'm pretty oh, sure yes. I know of a couple places around here that can get you some better clothes. How do you think I got my tearaway pants? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you got your what? You got your... Run that one by me one more time, Jack. Your what? Yeah, please. Tearaway pants. Oh, that's what I thought you said. Good. No one ever notices that I get undressed really quick, like almost in one flourish? I've seen it. Wait, you... What have you said? What did you just say? Uh, <laughs> did you just say what I think you just said? No. What What have you seen? It, apparently. I don't think we've properly gone over this. Did you say you saw him as I point to Jack? You saw him. Yeah, you saw me pointing my thumb at me. You know, we're going shopping, aren't we? <laughs> Isn't that why we're here? Come on. Yes, we are. Let's go. And from around the corner of the back alley a really shady looking figure kind of pokes his head out, sees this group and just sort of lets out a psst, Jack. Oh, hey, Jack, get over here. I'm going to pull out my dagger 
and look at him just to see if I recognize him. I bet that's how they say hello around these parts. You recognize him as an informant who has given you work before. Oh. Um. It's like, whoa, 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 no need for that. Come on. Uh, just, just you alone right. real quick. You guys stay here. Uh, Mary, that shop over there is going to help you out with uh, some clothing. Maybe a little bit slightly more durable. That's not going to get torn. Yeah, let's go to a big and tall real quick. Yeah, it's that, that'd be good. I look over to Phantoms like, you and I are going to have a conversation very soon. Or later. Yeah, let's go. I don't know what Imhotep is doing. I just, I, I don't think he needs anything. Imhotep, are you sure you don't want to go for moral support? Keep company? Maybe you'll find something along the way. I suppose. Come on, Dusty. I, mm. Come on, it's always the three of us. You gotta come along sometime. <laughs> you have to make an effort. Uh, I don't need clothes, so I want to go with Bone Man to the weapons store. Very well. Yay! And I'll go with Mary to the clothing store. He kind of begrudgingly starts grumbling to himself and Coptic under his breath. I think this is gonna be great. Imhotep, do you pierce the veil as you're getting out of the uh, carriage? Uh, yes, yes I do. I do in fact pierce the veil. That's probably a good idea. And as you get out of the carriage, a couple of shady-looking figures dart their eyes over at you and just kind of shrug it off and go back to what they were doing before as they're kind of just making their way through the different stalls, making a couple of thefts here and there, getting caught and losing a couple of limbs here and there. <laughs> you know, as as you do. Oh yeah, no big it deal. It happens. As you do. <laughs> Lose a couple, buy a few more. And the sleazy guy who... I'm going to come up with a name for him real quick so that I don't have to just keep calling him Sleazy Guy. Laramie. No! no! We have a Laramie. His name is Gregory. Grimy Greg. I like Grimy Greg. Yeah. Grimy Greg. So, Grimy yeah. Greg pulls you aside. <laughs> hey, so I, I don't mean to pry, but how did that whole uh, how that whole Rainer thing go? I mean, you were, you were going after that key to get to that, that stash, right? I could have sworn you were dead because we hadn't heard from you in a while. Things got a little complicated, but I can tell you that I did come out on top. Um, what else do you have for me? Were you able to establish any sort of base here, or could you get me any other information on Rainer? Um, there's not really a whole lot that I know about the guy, but uh, what I can tell you, uh, a guy that gave us some work before has gone missing. So uh, know how you did that organ heist a little while back? Uh, that guy Igor... He uh, went off missing in the up in Southampton, and uh, some of his family members were poking around and uh, figured you might have a bead on him since you've worked for him before. I mean, I haven't run into him recently. I can probably head up in that direction later on. Is there is there like a hard time on this or? Uh, it doesn't seem to be really uh, time sensitive, but uh, if you can get a bead on Igor, there might be some money for you. And you said Southampton? Yeah, somewhere around that area. He kind of went missing. Alrighty. And I know you said you didn't find anything about Rainer, but did you find anything like location wise or did you pinpoint maybe lower instead of telling me all of England? Um, he seems to be popping around a whole bunch, but really likes to hang out in castles. That's kind of what we seem to be getting the vibe of. There's a lot of castles here. Can you do anything better? Give me one more. <laughs> good. Grimy Greg pulls out his tiny little laptop. This weird place called Castle Ravenloft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like these mists over there. Sure, you heard of the guy. I know which castle I want. I'm just trying to figure out how to describe this. It's that castle right there. And it's like five feet away. Just yeah. giant walls. <laughs> Pan shot lightning. 
that big ominous one that no one ever goes to and no one ever comes out of. So many mad scientists hold up there. There's a new one each week. It's almost like an Airbnb for mad scientists. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Dan, write this down. <laughs> write it down, write it down. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, got a bead on, uh, he was last spotted coming out of Warwick Castle up over in Paddington. Paddington? It's the actual name of the city. All right, so we gotta buy some marmalade. No, he's actually right. When I went to England and I had to catch a train, my train was at, went out of Paddington. You said Warwick Castle. Where? What direction is that going to be from, let's say, here? That's going to be off to your northwest. Not specific enough. I need more specific directions, Dan. <laughs> need the street. I need a part of the conversation and I need more directions. All right, fine. <laughs> That's going to be off to your northwest. You're going to take a... Uh, if you find the museum, you're going to want to go to the to the west, past Soho, go over Mayfair, and then uh, take a little jaunt up past north. Soho? <laughs> I was just going to say, Greg slowly turned New Yorker, like, real, <laughs> real subtly. Hey, he had to meet you somewhere. All right, so uh, you're going to go past Soho, you're going to go over Mayfair, you're going to take the North A5, and then you're going to go into Paddington. And then just right underneath the A4206, you're going to go underneath that, go across the waterway, and there's Warwick Castle. Got that emotep? Because clearly you're listening, apparently. What? <laughs> if you reach Kensington Memorial, you've gone too far. You're going to want to turn around and make your way back to Hyde Park. All right, well... Oh, it's just you're just pulling random names out of a hat. I'm literally, I am looking at a map of London right now. It it feels like that scene in the Simpsons movie. Where it's like all the four states that border Springfield, Kentucky, California, Pen Pennsylvania. This is I was like, where are you going with it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So just to clarify, Warwick Castle, northwest of London. Now, where is that going to be in proximity to Southampton? Because of course. Not from here. Oh, wait, have I been saying Southampton? I, I'm sorry, I meant to say Northampton. That's my bad. Yeah, Northampton. Just like the name says, it's uh, north of here. You can't miss it. And you said by us finding out what happened to him, we're going to get some gold out of this? Nothing else? Yeah, there might be uh, might be a few other things in it for you. You know how Igor can be. He's pretty resourceful. Any more information on his employer? I never found out who that was. Oh, you, you didn't know? No. Oh, well, that's Victor Frankenstein. He got, uh, there was a whole big public hanging for it and everything. Above table? I fucking knew it! <laughs> I honestly wanted Dan to just say it so that way Ben can just finally have his... Closure. <laughs> finally have his... Thing. The second yeah. you said Igor, I'm like, no fucking way. Yeah, there was a whole big public hanging for it. He survived and, uh, he's, he's a little lopsided because of it. <laughs> But he's still around and kicking. There was, uh, through some legal loophole, they can't hang him <laughs> twice. So Double jeopardy. Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay. Uh, where's he located? Do you have any idea? Sorry, I uh, don't really know anything about that. You know, I'm pretty sure I gave you some gold to try and find me a place to basically lay low while I'm here in London. Anything come of that? I was able to, to find a small room that I got holding for you. It's, uh... A little bit towards the center of London, uh, uh, just a little loft over in the Harker Estates. Ooh. You said Harker Estates? Yeah. Oh, hi. Alrighty. Um, I'm gonna pass him a piece of paper and just ask him to write it down for me. So he gives you, if you need it, a room that is being held at the Harker Estates in central okay. London. Thank you. Um, if you get any more information, leave it for me over there at the Harker Estates, and um, I'm going to give him five gold. 
pleasure doing business with you as always, Jack. Thanks, Greg. I'm going to go back to New York where this accent makes sense. <laughs> might do you better over there. He kind of slinks off into the distance and um, stops existing. <laughs> cool. So. <laughs> so since he stopped existing, can I get my five gold back? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Magically disappeared. Uh, I would like to go clothing shopping with Mary. I would also like to go clothing shopping with Larry. Tell me what it is you want to buy. Ah, well... Larry, do you know what you would like to buy? Ah, we go over there. We look through some of the racks of clothing. I was like, you know, if we're going to be going through more kind of like seedy places like this, I need to find something that's a little more intimidating. And I I pull out a studded leather vest. And (laughs) when I say that... I'm imagining the sleeveless black leather with spikes on it. And I was like, I think I'm going to get this. What do you think, Mary? Um, think it'd make me look more intimidating? I think that's a... No, I think that makes you look a little bit more like a target. Oh, Hello, he's talking about, I think it looks wonderful. Oh, hello. Yes. All right. Well, we've got one no, one yes. Oh, wait, that's right. I wasn't with you guys for this particular part. My bad. <laughs> yeah, no, you're with me. Yeah. <laughs> Phantom just drags you away. You know, I I, I got one no, one yes. I'm going to take that as a net zero and I'm going to buy it. Well, whatever makes you happy, I guess. And honestly, Larry, after the ordeal you've been through the past 48 hours, I think you deserve a little something for yourself. Thank you, Mary. And again, I would like to say thank you for doing what you could about the wolf. I know it wasn't easy, but yeah. God damn! out of everyone in the group, I was, I was thinking you were the only one I could really turn to for that. And I'm sorry you had to go through it. Honestly, my dumbass thought I could take that wolf head on. I've dealt with him in the woods before. And I thought, oh, it's a wolf. It shouldn't be that difficult. It shouldn't be that hard. Well, hearing Maleva say that a chaos of consumption makes me revalue my priorities a little bit more. So next time, if I do have to face down that wolf of yours, I'm going to be a little bit more careful. Yeah, it's really, it's really weird to call it a wolf because really it's just a horrible, awful monster of... of Teeth and in claws and and nasty, but um, it it means it means more than you can imagine that you were willing to do that for me. And I uh, shoot, we gotta get you some new clothes, cause gosh darn it, you're in tatters. And while you are looking for new clothes for the Frankenstein monster, then um, Jack, you can rejoin the group. Alrighty. Hey guys, you guys find any clothes for Mary? Mary, you're still wearing. Nasty looking Jack, things. Jack, look what I got. And I show my vest. Oh, you look tough. Yeah, see, I, I took your notes to heart and I, I'm really going to try and, and kind of beef up my, my intimidation here. Uh, if you really want to do it, I'd tear off those sleeves. Yeah, big on sleeves. <laughs> Trying to rip the leather is not working. Yeah, you, you know what? I'll... I'll no, like, because it's, it's like a vest, so I was talking about, like, his undershirt oh, my, sleeves. Oh, my sleeves? Oh, maybe. That's even funnier. Nothing exactly. is even better image. I don't have many shirts, <laughs> yeah. so maybe I could just roll oh, them up. Man. There we go. Just go up, like, yeah, yeah, quarter and uh, show, show off the nice yeah, muscular forearms. The, there the you go. guns, yeah. In the meantime, over at the weapons store, what are Imhotep and Phantom up to? So as we walk up, Phantom's going to see a cool whip sitting there on the table. And he's going to look at the store 
owner, the stall owner, and he's going to be like, Hello! That whip looks phenomenal. Uh, my friend here is Mesopotamian royalty and needs a real, like, indentured servitude punishing device. And that looks like just the thing for it. I'll give you one gold. The shop owner says, you know, I really wish you hadn't told me that. That sounds real problematic. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm going to have to make that two gold. And then Phantom's going to look at Emotep real close. He's going to take him aside and he's going to say, do you promise that the next 40 seconds never happened? Depends. What do you plan to do in the next 40 seconds? That is an agreement, and you are bound to it. This never happened. And Phantom's going to walk back to the shopkeeper, pop off half of his mask, and intimidate him into accepting no gold and just giving me the goddamn whip. <laughs> Roll intimidation with advantage. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. I applaud you, Aaron. 22. Wow. He throws the whip at you and says, what whip? Never seen it before. <laughs> Phantom replaces the mask on his face. Thank you so much. And you know what? That spares you a really troubling thought that you were having up until just now. <laughs> uh, Imotep just watches that. But I think you gave him even more troubling thoughts to consider now. But uh? I suppose doing that which I know must not be easy for you. I don't know what you're talking about. Good point. Exactly. Very good. Exactly. You're, you're absolutely right. Nothing happened. That one man was just very nice and gave you a whip for non-problematic reasons. <laughs> Phantom will then lean back on the counter at this shivering uh, stall owner and be like, but you know what? I'll take an alcoholic beverage and just for you, my dearest new friend, I'll just pay the full 30 for it. Wow. Okay, here you go. We don't even make beer here, but sure. <laughs> I was say it like with the weapon shot. What do you want? He just takes the poor guy's drink. Well, it's called alcoholic beverage. I'll take whatever. <laughs> if you got like a flask of Everclear on the oh back, that is God. perfectly fine. <laughs> he gives you a pint of generic, unnamed, non-branded alcohol. Cool. Booze. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, some beer brand beer. Beer brand beer, that's amazing. Well, hey, I know that doing business with me was just as much fun for you as this whole thing was for me. Here's your 30 gold. Kisses. We're heading back out. And then Phantom will walk back over to Emotep like, that was pretty efficient, right? I guess we'll head back to the carriage. Yep, that saved you an entire two gold. <laughs> and we can vibe on the way back. Look at that, Dusty. Please do not call me Dusty. Yeah, well, you called me Eric, so we'll be eating. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, the Larry leather jacket. Please, please, please. I beg of you. Absolutely. <laughs> I will purchase this because it does increase my AC, and I will bring it back and ask for Eric's wonderful opinion on it. <laughs> You know what? Um, are you gonna buy some? Uh, no, but I'm debating causing a little <laughs> bit of chaos. Please do, because my armor class at the moment is eleven. Oh, you want to get rid of your damn patches, don't you? I have one patch left. Ooh. All right, <laughs> throw it in the street. Chaos, chaos, chaos. Imhotep, throw your patch. As Imhotep and Phantom are walking, 
he just kind of reaches and pulls the last patch and just drops it on the floor as they're walking. And then looks at the phantom, puts his hand on his back. We should move. And he starts just pushing him a little bit faster. And as you rip that last patch off, you can feel the robe itself tighten and then release. And you just, he just lets out this like relieved sigh and like rolls his shoulders a little bit. Oh. Uh, my AC is back to 13. Yay. Nice. Oh, that should help. All right, let's see what that patch does. Chaos, chaos. Chaos, chaos. That is a 53. Ooh. So as you drop the patch to the ground, it twists, it contorts, then as it hits the ground, explodes outwards as there is now a 10 by 10 by 10 hole in the ground. Yes! Oh, God. We did it! Is there a lot of chaos right now? <laughs> Three or four kiosks, for lack of better word, of these outdoor marketplace stalls just tumble into this hole and a bunch of people are no. slipping in and trying to like grasp and claw their way up. Oh God. He got his hand on Phantom's back. Faster, 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 faster. <laughs> and Phantom and Emotep are both walking as if they know nothing about this. It's like the don't look back at explosion thing. You're just, exactly. justly, briskly <laughs> walking. Did Mary and I even get back to the carriage? Did I even buy myself some new clothes? Yeah, I imagine you got some nice stuff. When you guys leave the clothing store, you will find that there is a 10-foot hole in between um, you and the carriage. Oh, whoops. What's the shop owner doing? The shop owner in the clothing store is still going about business as usual. This hole, I will say, is two kiosks down from you. Mary, I think we need to buy um a ladder or something to get through. Oh, only I pulled that from the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be robe. Nice. That's a, that's an item. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, Dan, how much did my clothes cost? Uh, what are you buying? Like a, a coat with a hood on it, kind of like a flowy coat. Ooh. So it's not. I mean, I could put a hood up. So obviously, pants, a shirt, uh, new boots, and a uh, longer coat. So that could that covers most of. Oh, and gloves. I'm gonna say five gold. Wow, that's like bargain bin. Hey, he went with Larry, and Larry knows how to thrift. You're the only person who can possibly fit them. Awesome. Fantastic. They have been discounted like 10 times over Hell because yeah. nobody will buy Larry them. Larry knows how to find a good thrift okay. deal. That's why we went. <laughs> yep. Good job, Larry. Thank you. Sniffing out those you good betcha. deals. Also, I wanted to go to the weapon shop really yeah, quick. Let's go. Uh, can we make it? <laughs> I hope so. So the weapon shop is diagonally sticking up out of the pit. <laughs> and the shop owner crawls his way up and out and says, uh, what can I get for you? <laughs> what are you buying? Uh, I was wondering what I can get for this if you have anything better. And I show him the short sword. I was hoping for something a little longer, sturdier. You know, something of that matter. And also, if you have any other weapons in there that may have a little extra, shall we say, spice to he it. He says. Um, let me see. Does he have any lightning-based weapons? He does not have any magical weapons. Does he have another longsword? There is a longsword. I would like to buy that. Okay, that'll be 15 gold. Can I also sell you the short sword and take, pay the difference? Uh, yeah, it looks like a, a relatively unused short sword. So yeah, I'll give you 10 gold for <laughs> Sweet, it. Sweet, five gold it is. Wait, is that your cursed sword? No, that's not the cursed sword. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that would be really funny. <laughs> I can't let go of the cursed sword, but I was going to talk to Imhotep about it eventually because he has something called remove curses. I do too. I was also going to mention to you about it. <laughs> so the shop owner clutching the edge of this pit 
just lets go and drops down 10 feet. Oh, oh my god. And then scrambles back up and hoists over a longsword. This guy is super dedicated to business. It's like this has happened before. Uh, thank you. Have a good day, sir. You're welcome. Pleasure doing business with you. And then just kind of slowly lowers back down into the hole. Oh, well, all right. Neat. So, Dan, this longsword is just like a regular longsword, right? It is just a regular longsword. Neat. As you start to make your way back towards the carriage after that, there is a uh, 10 foot by 10 foot (laughs) hole in the way with a couple of kiosks diagonally sticking out of it as they've been half swallowed up. Do any of them have the ingredients I need for the potion of invisibility? Uh, I would say there's an apothecary. Okay. Yeah, I'll, because you said it's 20 gold for one. Yeah, 20 gold for the ingredients needed to make one. Okay, I'll spend 40 so that way I have the ingredients and I can make two of them. And then that'll be my max amount of potions that I can make. Okay. After he hands you that stuff, you can just kind of climb up on top of the tent coverings and sort of parkour your way across. I'm so glad I made enough little chaos. (laughs) Fantastic. Not like awful chaos, just a little bit of chaos. Just a little touch of chaos. Phantom and Emotep are eating umali in the carriage right now. (laughs) (laughs) Eating what? Uh, Umali, a famous Egyptian dessert. Ah. The most popular Egyptian dessert. Wow, he looked that up just for you. Look at that. the vibes. Wow. The dedication. All right, well, I'm satisfied. How about you guys? Ready to pile back in and, and take a trip to a museum? All right. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> you know, I haven't been to a museum in a very long time. I bet this is going to be a lot of fun. I've never even been to a museum oh, before. I don't even Mary, know what they I'm are. I'm so excited for you. Uh, it's it's so much fun, and I'm sure Emotep can tell us all about it when we get there. I don't think I've actually been to a museum while people are actually in it. Not going to ask further questions. <laughs> but anyways, I'm excited. <laughs> Me neither. I'm not going to inquire more after that. You don't have to. We know what it means. You're right. All right. Let's get going then. Okay. As the carriage makes its way off towards the museum, day has sort of been coming and going and the sun is beginning to set as you are pulling up towards the British Royal Museum. And as you pull the carriage off around the side, the general population are leaving. Some security guards are coming out and locking the doors behind them. You can see the security guards as they lock the doors they don't leave. They kind of steal off to the side of the building where they are meeting a couple of robed figures. Hmm. Guys, I'll be right back. I'm dropping visibility and heading over there. Okay. So as you drop visibility and start to head towards them, you can kind of overhear their conversation as the security guards are accepting a payout from the cultists who are asking, all right, so where do we need to go to get that scroll? Um, okay, well, the um, the Egyptology exhibit is our, like, big grand reveal that we're doing, and we, we just got the scroll in earlier today. We uh, managed to just finish installing it. Uh, it should be publicly available for view tomorrow, but the public doesn't really know about it yet, so our bosses won't really uh, care too much if one or two pieces of paper goes missing. Uh, so that, that scroll should be on display... Um, right above the sarcophagus and remains of the pharaoh. So if you make your way into the museum, that's where you'll find it. We've left the door locked, but it shouldn't be too difficult for you to be able to get your way past that lock. And we have already left for the night. We haven't seen anything. The cultists hand them a little bit of cash 
and say, All right, thank you very much. You have been most useful. And yes, you are never here. The two security guards start walking away, and as they do, the cultists turn to themselves and say, All right, well, the usual group has been kind of making themselves known. I don't think they're here yet, but we want to hurry. How close are they from the guards? Uh, The guards are about 10 or 15 feet away, and they are leaving. Can I pickpocket the guards? Is Jack the only one who's seeing all this? Um, If you want to roll perception. I would like to roll perception. Sure, everybody roll perception. Can I do slide a hand for the gold that they just passed off? Sure. 23. Unnatural 21. So, you guys hear that. I don't. (laughs) Yeah, not I. I rolled a seven. Imhotep and Mary, you hear that conversation, and you also hear a little bit of commotion coming from inside of the museum. And as the sun is setting behind you, you start to hear some screams be let out from inside the building. And the cultists all kind of dart their eyes towards the door. The screams subside a little bit, and a lot of sounds of movement and commotion are going on on the other side of that door. You start to hear a bunch of stone rumbling and movement, and Imhotep, you can see after the sun has set, some of the exhibits on the inside of the doors you can see through the glass are beginning to move. (laughs) Dan? Dan, is my mini arc night at the fucking museum? Hell yeah, it's Night at the Museum. (laughs) It's Night at the fucking Museum! Yes, 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 yes! Thank you! We are the outcasts, the spits you might say. We deal with the nightmares that you run away from every single day. We know the world is a gruesome little place. But us outsiders, we've developed quite a taste For the grisly and morbid, the ghastly and the horrid We know it's awful, dreadful, but we like it Just another haunted night, shrouded with unearthly fright So when you're oh so terrified, you know who to call The world is falling apart, we'll never take it to heart Thank you so much for listening to this episode of D and Dark, created, hosted, and edited by myself, Danger Dan Jers, with artwork by Jordan Nelson. Remember to submit to our merch giveaway, which is open from now until Thursday, April 13th, 2023. More details about the giveaway can be found at our website, dndarkpodcast.com. D and Dark's cast was Ben Magnet as Mary the Frankenstein Monster, Daniel Cruz as Imhotep, the Mummy, Jordan Nelson as Larry Talbot, the Wolfman, Aaron Coffold as Eric, the Phantom of the Opera, and Grayson Norman as Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man. Our theme song and outro is Let's All Have a Ball by Ryan White Maloney and Tony Carboni recorded at True North Studios Las Vegas. Additional music this episode was provided by Braxton Cheney. Listen to new episodes of DN Dark Wednesdays anywhere you find podcasts. But but were you alone in all this, or or did you have um? Oh shit! You're right. I had a wife. Oh, you had a wife. That's so nice. Oh shit! Nice. You're right. I totally forgot. Jordan likes the money movies and would <laughs> like you to talk about your wife. <laughs> oh, you shit! You're right, girlfriend. I mean, that's like the entire plot of the mummy movies. Wow. Yeah.
Who were I mean, you I using? I thought we were just leaving your... the wife out of it. Still reeling a little bit. I thought we were just like reeling a little bit. I was proud trying oh, to use rude. the trolls to resurrect my wife person. Oh. 